Welcome to MI Insider, a show where Mercer Islanders give their perspectives on issues here at home and across the world. I'm Miles Avales, and my goal is to highlight the people behind the headlines. Now let's get into it. Here on Mercer Island, we're lucky to have so many beautiful parks. From Pioneer Park to Luther Burbank, these outdoor spaces give people of all ages a variety of ways to engage in nature. But these parks don't take care of themselves, and a lot of work goes into maintaining the land, restoring the land, and replacing equipment. This year, there was a referendum on Mercer Island's ballot that proposed raising funding for our city's parks through a property tax, a referendum that is expected to pass. I had the opportunity to speak with Sam Harb, our Parks Operation Manager, and Elaine Summergren, our Deputy Public Works Director, to discuss the role of the Parks and Rec Department and what the money from this parks referendum would go to once it passes. My name is Sam Harb. I'm the Parks Operations Manager for the City of Mercer Island. I oversee the maintenance crews on the island that, that work in the parks. That's uh, that's a big part of my team. And then I also work with two project managers that oversee the natural resources areas. So a lot of the forested areas, the open spaces, the trails, and Pioneer Park and other, other similar, more uh, vegetated areas, I guess. My name is Elaine Summergren. I'm the Deputy Public Works Director, um, one of two for the city. And I'm on the operations side of the house versus the capital project side of the house. So I oversee the operations, um, which include a whole host of different, um, I guess you could say, working groups within public works. When you talk parks and rec, uh, you've got kind of the parks maintenance side, and then you've got the the recreation team. And we work closely together, but the the recreation team, in a broad sense, is is there for for the public to provide events and and programs and camps and activities for all ages of of people to partake in. With with the park system, our first role is to prioritize safety in the parks. So. Um, all the public lands we manage, all the the ball fields and the bathrooms and the basketball courts and the trails and the forests. We look at the the surfaces to make sure that they're you know wheelchair accessible and there's not tripping hazards. We do a lot of tree risk assessment to make sure that uh, you know a big heavy tree isn't going to you know fall into an area where people are going to be hanging out. Um, we do a lot of cleaning and, and garbage removal to make sure that you know bathrooms are clean and and garbage isn't contaminating the parks and there's not any anything like that that maybe a kid could find. We do um, routine playground inspections, so we have we have certified playground inspectors and um, and more that are getting certified on our crew that do um, a standardized inspection to the playgrounds because. There's a lot of little things that have to be looked at to make sure that they're safe. When when we come to work every day, that's that's what everybody is is looking to do is to is to first address any any safety issues and to make keep our parks safe and clean. What's great about parks is that it's it's a space that doesn't cost any money to go use. Anybody can show up and enjoy 
you know, our beautiful lands and um, in the rainy weather and the and the nice summer weather when it gets really busy. Now, can you describe what exactly goes into the parks levy that was recently voted on? The portion of this levy that is currently looking like it's going to pass is a continuation of the 15 year, year levy that is graduating, that's ending next year, essentially, right? So um, there were a, a bunch of different pieces of parks operations and capital funding that were included in that levy. There were bits for Luther Burbank Park and general parks maintenance. And then there were two categories. One was a, a, a chunk of funding that was specifically for Pioneer Park and a chunk of funding that was specifically to deal with the rest of the open space areas, these forested areas on Mercer Island. What this levy renewal and, and, and upgrade, I guess if we could call it that, right, this expansion of this new levy, um, there were two really big parts that were added. So one of them was about playground replacements, and I can get into that in more detail if you want, or Sam can. Um, but the Pioneer Park part is, is really rooted in a plan that was developed in 2008, which was a really in-depth study of the vegetation, the health of the vegetation in Pioneer Park. Um, I was part of this study, so that's how I know so much about it. I won't, I'll try not to talk your ear off about it. But what it did was it really laid out kind of this, this very detailed plan of how we go about doing restoration in Pioneer Park to get it back to just a really healthy spot. Um, and it's dealing with a lot of invasive plants, English ivy and blackberry and things like that. A lot of invasive trees that had moved in over the years, right? So you have birds flying over the forest who are depositing seeds, let's call it depositing seeds into the forest that are growing into trees that are competing with our native vegetation. And so that the health of the forest had declined over the last, you know, probably 75 years at least. And so this plan was really meant to piecemeal address these issues because it's, it's a huge piece of land between Pioneer Park and Angstrom Open Space. We're talking about 122 acres. And that's just an enormous part of, I think it's 43% of all the open space on the island. And so what the this levy does is it helps us to get that work done. So originally, like Sam was saying, the costs were not huge to get this work done per, on a per acre basis. But since 2008, those costs have gone up quite a bit as the competition in the industry has gone up. A lot of cities are doing restoration now, which they weren't maybe 15 years ago. And so costs have just gone up over time and we just... We need to continue to get this work done, keep the momentum going. So we're really getting Pioneer Park back in a great spot. And so there's been a lot of work done to date. There's been, what, 15,000 new plants that have gone in since then. There have been 80 acres of ivy rings done on trees. I mean, just all this work that's gone in. But if we stop now, the forest starts to, to revert back, right? We're not we, we aren't done with our work there. And so we wanna make sure to finish out that plan so that at the end, we're really dealing with this beautiful chunk of land that's in a really healthy state. We do have a combination of in-house crews that work on uh, restoration and kind of the forest health. We contract out some of it. And then another big piece is the volunteer uh, workforce. And, and typically what those look like are 10 to 20 person events with 
with uh, a city staff showing them what to do and making sure that they're um, you know working efficiently and it could be removing some invasive vegetation like blackberry or english ivy um, it could be planting native trees and shrubs watering mulching just general forest landscaping type activities it's really cool to see because people they learn a lot about our open spaces and our natural areas and we can also get a lot of work done too and you mentioned earlier that part of the levy would go to funding playground replacements can you give more details on that yeah i'm happy to touch on that so like i said there were really two big additions to uh this this levy proposal that went out on the ballot to build on top of renewing that existing levy one of them was about pioneer and one of them was about playground replacements there are lots and lots of playgrounds across the uh whole park system on mercer island and um those playgrounds just need to be replaced over time. They are, uh, they, you know, they're out in the sun constantly, right? They're getting climbed on and they just those materials break down over time. What we found is that, the, you know, those are really expensive <laughs> pieces of equipment. And um, there's also a renewed interest in really trying to in, improve and expand our accessibility options on those playgrounds also. And so we really, you know, when we're going about doing these playground replacements, we want to make sure that we're doing them really wisely and that we're making really good choices for the community, public outreach, all of that. So what the what that portion of the, the levy funding does is it actually just plans out money specifically for playground re replacements over time. And I I do have a spreadsheet pulled up here because I can't possibly remember all of the ones that need to be replaced. But um, over the course of the 16-year levy, 15 different um, playground uh, structures will be replaced, and it's uh, all across the island. And the replacement cycle is really based on their age, right? So we know when they went in. We know how the playground inspections are going, how those inspection reports are coming back. And so... We just want to make sure that we're we're getting out in front of the funding for those, that the funding is secure, which it will be if this levy passes. And then we can just go ahead with getting the design on these rolling and the public outreach so that we can get them in the ground as soon as possible. So when you replace this playground equipment, you're taking something away and then you're also putting something back in its place, presumably. And I assume that sometimes it's similar to what was there and then other times it's just completely new. Like we saw quite recently, Mercerdale was just completely transformed into a new park, but they put a train back in its place, maintaining some type of continuity. So can you talk about how you make the decisions on what goes where and how you use community feedback to do this? Yeah, I think that I think that the Mercerdale playground piece is a really perfect example of that and sort of the evolution also of deciding what was going to go back in there. Right. So um we, we did public meetings on this very specifically, right, to find out what did people want. And there was a really big emphasis on accessibility, um, not just physically, but also, you know, having um, sensory elements and really making it as open as possible to as many people as possible of all different ages. Um, that was what we heard from the community. The other thing that we heard from the community was, yes, we'd love for you to redo this, but we don't want to lose the element that we all loved about this, which was the train. So how can we integrate 
a train element into this, right? And so it's really this sort of back and forth with the community about trying to figure out how do we make this a really cool place and also hold the community's values and integrate them into the project. And I think that's gonna be different for every single playground. Um, some of the playgrounds are at very small community parks, right? They're they're much more neighborhood focused. And so you, you mostly get kids walking to them from you know a several block region. That's really different than Mercerdale, which is basically in your town square, right? Where that's, you know, everyone who's coming to town center is, you know, potentially going to end up at Mercerdale Park. It's just a very, very different. And so we'll probably see varying levels of interest in and, um, and input on all those different playgrounds. But it's really an iterative process. And we don't go into it knowing exactly what we're going to put in. Um, one of the things that I will say about it is that we really value having um, a diversity of different types of play structures around the island, right? Because we don't all we don't want them all to offer really similar things. We want them to to be able to sort of exercise different parts of kids' brains and bodies, and and um, and so we want to make sure there's a really good diversity. And I think there's a, a lot of new focus on that too, as we go into this replacement cycle, is really looking at like, well, what's nearby and what needs haven't we met there that maybe we've, we could meet here. You know, I think a great example is when Luther Burbank playground got replaced in 2015, you know, putting in a zip line there, we didn't have a zip line before. And so, you know, we get to, these are all opportunities for us to look at you know, what's being offered by playground manufacturers now that we have never seen in our parks and, and explore some of that new stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree with that diversity point you bring up. I actually did some babysitting for a couple kids last summer, and sometimes I would just drive them around to a bunch of different parks on the island. And if you think about it, this really only works because each park has something different and unique to offer. Absolutely. There's a there's a big focus now on accessibility, and there's also a focus on incorporating simpler structures and, and more bringing things down to the surface and maybe incorporating nature so more log type structures or wooden or, or rocks to play on and then actually having you know vegetation within the playground that's uh you know incorporated into it so there i i agree with you taking taking kids and and checking out different parks is always fun especially when they're not all the same because you get bored with stuff and you want to find, um, you know, the little treasures that each different park has to offer. Big thanks to Sam Harb and Elaine Summergren for coming on the show to speak with us. And thank you for all your work with the parks. I know it definitely doesn't go unnoticed by us here on the island. To hear more great content from MI Insider, tune in to 88.9 The Bridge every Thursday at 7am. Or check out our podcast on the 88.9 The Bridge website and all major podcast platforms. In the meantime, stay tuned for more music and conversation that spans generations. 